Good morning. It's time to talk about Sack City Podcast, which is now sponsored by Manscaped. The best thing for your sack since sliced? Well, sacks. Keep your sack smooth with the new Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer for those bushy sacks. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant for those smelly sacks. And take care of those extra sacks with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Not to mention some performance boxer briefs and a travel sack to put your goodies in. Manscaped is a sack leader with over 6 million worldwide who trust this product. That's roughly 12 million sacks. So join them with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com. That's promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Order your sack saver now and show your sack the love it deserves. Manscaped. Got Bush? Sack City, welcome into another edition of the the Fantasy Drive presented by Sack City Podcast. <laughs> How do you forget the name of your own show? I, I didn't know because so I'm I'm still a little I'm still getting used to this whole uh, Monday Night Football recap and then doing the Fantasy Drive. So like I'm in Fantasy Drive, I'm in Monday Night Football recap mode, and I'm like, oh, this is the Sack City Podcast. This is just a normal show. But really, it's the Fantasy Drive presented by Sack City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend, Aaron Mukes. It is a beautiful September 27th morning here in the city. Uh, the Fantasy Drive is about to kick off. We are giving you everything you need to know uh, to win your fantasy leagues, reacting to all the things that happened in fantasy for week three of football, as well as looking ahead to week four and the waiver wire must adds. It's a, it's a good waiver show today. It's a good waiver show. A good list is presented by our guy, Aaron, the Mukesiah Mukes. Um, how goes it? Well, first, I think um, since you're struggling with the names of our shows, you could probably solve that by creating a new intro for the Fantasy Drive. And then you could run the Sac City intro when we do the recap. And then, like, instead of a commercial break like we would normally do, you just That'd run a new intro for the Fantasy Drive. So I think you should do that. You should get on a new intro for that. I think that's, that's great. I'd get great. Just intros just pumping out and pumping out and pumping out. That's a, yeah. I, I, We just need to hire more interns. That's what we do got to do. That's, that's what we need to do. Um, man, this is a... It's a good, we got a good show. You guys are already, you and Dylan in the sack league are already putting uh, people on your waiver or on your trade block and put, making roster moves early in the morning. Like it's, it's rolling. Well, it's I have to, early. I have to, I'm, I'm one and two. Um, my team has underperformed. Uh, the strategy I used this year in the draft was a little bit different than I used last year. And it's coming back to bite me in the hoo-ha. Yeah. Uh, and, and it did, it went against my normal two quarterback strategy, draft strategy, um, I took a lot of older players and those older players are doing exactly what I always fear they do, which is disappoint. Um, so, yeah, but you know what? I'm, I'm a firm believer and you, you stay the course and you trust the process and um, I'll be okay. And we'll go what, a, what, 
what an athlete answer right there after a lot taking it taking an l just you know staying the course trusting the process you know taking a game by game you know doing what i have to do to, to get some wins here and uh just taking a game by game and trusting the process you know one, one uh, thing aaron doesn't do is panic i don't i don't well, panic over fantasy football well maybe at the end of this show you and i can work out a deal for either cmc or saquon barkley that you put out on the trade block maybe we can work out a deal live on the show um right. Either way, we've got a great show ahead of us, though. Uh, we've got morning headlines coming up in just a few moments. We're going to recap the Monday night football game as well. Uh, that on the actual football side. And then, of course, our fantasy show. Let's get into some morning headlines. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Kicking things off with the Browns star pass rusher, Miles Garrett. Uh, last night or yesterday, I should say, uh, he flipped his Porsche in a single car crash, leaving practice yesterday. No alcohol was involved, no drugs involved. It was simply him flipping his Porsche multiple times. And then he was taken to the hospital with non life threatening injuries. He should be fine. It was him and another and a female in the car as well. Both have their seatbelts on. So that was good. Um, and both are doing okay. Uh, again, it's no life-threatening injuries for Miles Garrett in his car crash yesterday. Uh, I didn't know if I should have thrown that in the injury report or the news, but I threw it in morning headlines. Uh, in other news, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the NFL are making plans ahead of Hurricane Ian uh, that's about to hit South Florida and really all of Florida and even you in Georgia. You'll, you'll be getting a little bit of the, the after effects of it or the aftermath of it. Um, but as they prepare for Hurricane Ian, the Bucks have planned to move their practices to Miami uh, for the time being where the hurricane isn't going to be as bad. Um, it seems like it's just missing that Southern half of that uh, of the state of Florida. Um, but as of right now, they moved practices to Miami and the plans for Sunday night football are still in place to have the chiefs come to Tampa uh, to play the bucks on Sunday night. If anything were to change, the Dolphins are in Cincinnati this week on Thursday night football. So I would assume the plans, if the storm messes things up in Tampa, that Sunday night football would be played in Miami between the Bucks and the Chiefs. But as of right now, still everything has planned for Sunday night, uh, but the Bucks are now practicing in Miami. That does it for our morning headlines. That's all I've got today. Aaron, it is now your time to shine in the injury report. That's right. It's our injury report on this beautiful Tuesday morning. We kick things off with Dak Prescott. Obviously, the Cowboys Giants last night. We'll get into that game. Dak Prescott had his stitches removed last night, saying there's no swelling and it's healing. And then, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I don't know why I would return in week five. I'd probably let him get an extra week's of rest, but he can return in week five. There is a possibility of that. Trent Williams has a high ankle sprain, but won't require surgery for the 49ers. Uh, we mentioned that injury on Sunday Night Football. He's expected to miss four to six weeks at minimum. To uh, dealing with ankle and back issues, uh, there's still no word about this, this concussion issue. I don't know whether this is just a long game. We're going to continue to ride this narrative out that there was no head injury. Or it was actually no head injury. I don't. I, I don't know. So, um, but it's, it's ankle and back injuries, and uh, two in place Thursday night. So we'll see if he's going to be able to get out there for that. 
DeAndre Swift is now considered week to week with a shoulder injury. Dan Campbell came out and said, maybe we just let him rest for a couple of weeks before they head into the bye. That gives them a full three weeks of rest. And then he can come back after the bye healthy. So um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But I do expect DeAndre Swift to miss some time. And then Mac Jones has a severe ankle sprain that would require surgery in most cases. But they said Mac, Mac Jones is a tough son of a and probably is not going to have surgery, but uh, he is expected to miss some time. Are we just desperate to say Mac Jones is like something special? Like, yes. I feel like with every bit of report that comes out of New England, it's like it's like there's always a note to try and pump his tires. Like there's yeah. always a note to try and make him seem like he's a special type of person. Like I, it just seems forced at times. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but that's just you're that's right. It seems like. You're right. He's no different than any other guy that's out there with the ankle sprain that's playing football that yeah. chooses to fight through it or not get surgery or or something like that. So yeah. yeah, literally, literally another person in this injury report has a high ankle sprain that's not going to require surgery, but most cases probably would require surgery. And yeah. he's dealing with it. But there was no saying, of, oh, Trent Williams is he's a fighter. He's going to be able to No, It's just dude's going to do what he does. Do do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's all you needed to say. That's all. That's all it was. Uh, that does it, though, for our morning headlines and our injury report. Last night, we did have some type of football that was played uh, between the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys were able to pull off the win against the Giants 23 to 16 in this game. Uh, Cooper Rush now three and oh. Three and zero to start his football career, uh, joining a very nice list of names of Cowboys quarterbacks to start three and zero in their careers. On the other side, Daniel Jones now moves to zero and nine in primetime games, zero and six on Monday Night Football. Uh, Aaron, let's start off on the losing side of things. The Giants here, sixteen points from them, uh, a decent day from Saquon Barkley, and. A good a good performance from Daniel Jones or a bad performance from Daniel Jones? I thought it was not bad. I thought I saw good plays from Daniel Jones, and I wasn't sure how to judge this because it seemed like he was doing everything he could to extend drives and do what he could do. He just did not have protection. Am I wrong for that assessment? Um, he he played he played he played. He, he played, <laughs> um, he played. Okay. I don't think he played great. Um, I, I do. I do think that he was running for his life. And a lot of that was schemed up. Like, I don't care. I don't think that the Cowboys cared that he was running. And I think that's what they gave up. And then you've seen at the end of the game, when they wanted to make sure he stayed in the pocket and had to beat him with his arm, they spied him and he couldn't do it. And so I think that's really what this was about. It was about Dallas taking away what the Giants wanted to do for the most part of the game and letting Daniel Jones get his 10, get his 15 on the ground, run around, because they knew that their pass rushers would get after him. And they played a lot of man-to-man. And so because they were in man-to-man, when they turn their backs, the quarterback has some room, he can get some yards. But I think at the end, you noticed they they knocked all that out. They, they put Donovan Wilson as a spy, and he was unable to run that last couple of drives, um, and there was pressure every time in his face. So I, I think it was more schemed up that way. Uh, but do I think he played? Okay, I do. I, I think he kept him in the game, and I think he played a decent football game uh, against a really, really good defense. Like, the Dallas defense is right up there with the best defense in the league. That's a very, very good defense. Their pass rush is elite, um, and, and they're a playmaking defense, and they, and they find the ball. So uh, yeah, I thought he played okay. I, I, I definitely didn't think this game was like an L on him. 
Um, obviously at the end he throws that pick there, but his receiver fell down and it's an unfortunate circumstance, but he, he played, he played decent. I mean, it wasn't nothing special, but it wasn't one of those typical Daniel Jones uh, wet the bed games either. If he has, if he has more games like this throughout the season, are you moving on from if like this, it was this the type of game that he needs to have for the rest of the season, like to continue game by game, this type of game to be able to save his job or is, was this type of game, maybe not enough at like at when the season's over uh, to say, okay, we're keeping Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is gone. Okay. I don't think there's any resurrecting Daniel Jones. And it's not even from a perspective of, um, is that talent in there untapped or whatever? Like, look at the first three games. I mean, they're two and one, and they won their first two games. It's not him. The engine of that team is Saquon. Like, despite all that they did, Daniel Jones did, Saquon breaks the, you know, 50-yard run or whatever for for a touchdown. Outside of that, how many points they scored? Nine? A bunch of field goals? Like, it, Daniel Jones is not – he's not good enough to, to be that franchise guy. Like that, that's where we're at now. We've seen it enough and he's not, he's not it. And they have to move on from him. If they don't, they're making the same mistake. I tell every other team they're making with Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo or any of those other guys that might grow into something that's good enough to get some regular season wins. But do you honestly think that Daniel Jones is good enough to take the giants to a super bowl? Cause I do not. No, no, I, I, I don't think that, that – that's what you said yesterday. You're like, you don't think it's going to be him. Like, if, if you don't have a quarterback <laughs> – Hi, Layla. Yeah, she's just she's buzzing right now. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to get that far. And there, there's the anomaly, but it seems like the Giants might not have their quarterback. And that really isn't a knock on Daniel Jones right now because I do think he had a better game um, and a, a, a good game. I don't think he had – I don't think he had a terrible game uh, – here uh, last night he is one of the most pressured quarterbacks in the nfl to start the season though uh being pressured at least 43 percent of his dropbacks this season uh through three games he's getting pressured quite a lot that seems to be the recipe for success to beat the new york giants is to get to daniel jones on the cowboy side cooper rush leads them to victory 21 of 31 uh 215 receiving yards in this game or 215 total yards in this game uh and a touchdown what did you see from the Cowboys offense that makes you think, okay, maybe, maybe it's similar to what, like we talk about with the Browns or, uh, or teams that are, go- yeah, similar to what we talk about with the Browns with, with surviving while Jacoby Brissett's the quarterback. Seems like the Cowboys are doing pretty well without Dak Prescott right now. And, and they're surviving. What do you think from, what did you see from that offense last night? Well, they got back to the running game and they were physical in the running game. And we, we talked about, what these, t- especially the Dallas Cowboys, what they're built on, even with that Dak Prescott, they are a run first football team. They got Tony Pollard involved. They got Zeke involved. They ran the ball 30 times. To me, that is what you need to do. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, you don't need to air it out. You don't need, it doesn't have to change with Dak Prescott coming back. Like you can still run the football. And what that does is it makes Dak more efficient. Dak is going to create bigger plays than Cooper rush because of the talent. But you don't have to say, oh, because of the talent, I need to spread it out and throw it around the yard 40 times just because it's Dak Prescott and we're paying him 40 million. No, he's going to be a little bit more efficient. So instead of maybe Cooper Rush is throwing it 30 times, only getting 215 yards and a touchdown, Dak Prescott throws it 30 times, you might get 280 and two touchdowns. And that's the difference in their offense is is when Dak Prescott's in there, he's a little bit more dynamic. So he's going to be able to be more efficient, run the ball. Um, I think they have something good when they run Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott the way they ran him last night. 
Everybody goes crazy because I always say Tony Pollard's not it or he's not the starter. Tony Pollard is not an every down carry your team running back. So when everybody talks about moving on from Zeke, that's my problem. They work hand in hand because Zeke is a, I'm going to, every time Zeke touches the ball, the pile is going forward. It's three, but also the play design and the way they use them forces defense to, to, to guess on what, what's happening. And so sometimes you'll see Pollard in the game, the de- defense stays wide because they think Pollard's trying to get outside. He hits one up the middle and goes for 35 yards. Like that's what having Ezekiel Elliott does. And then vice versa. I don't know if you saw Zeke's big run. It's yeah. Third and short, third and 12, and they run a toss play outside with Zeke. And because no defense is thinking you're running a sweep with Zeke on third and 12, and he runs for 35 yards because, it, again, the unexpected, you're able to do more. So start with that run game, use them both, and use them a lot. And I think that's where the success of the Cowboys offense um, really needs to go. Yeah, no, I, I, we we talk about all the time with like the big passing teams. It's like you have to get the rushing attack involved to be able to throw teams off and to and have have things actually be like unpredictable in your offense. And that's what it is seeming like. That's what it is with with uh, with last night, at least with Zeke and Tony Pollard in this game uh, last night with that rushing touchdown that Ezekiel Elliott had. He moved to second amongst uh, running backs in most rushing touchdowns in the NFL since 2016. Uh, he now has 57 rushing touchdowns in his career uh, since he was drafted in 2016. That's second behind Derrick Henry. My player of the game is a player we did not mention yet. It is CeeDee Lamb in this game. I think he was the player of the game. Uh, I know he had a really bad drop in not, I don't even know if I want to consider it a drop. He didn't really even make it a, a, an attempt to, to make a play on this ball. Um, but it was earlier on in the game. I don't did you I, did, I don't know if you saw you it. You mean it made attempt to okay. make a play? He dropped it. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But he was smiling after it. I was like, something's up with Zeke. Something or something's up with CD Lamb. He's gonna get he's gonna get something later on. He knows it's coming. He's knew he's gonna make a make a play later on. And that he did. 12 targets, eight receptions, 87 yards, and a touchdown to finish this game. CD Lamb is my player of the game. What did you think of CD Lamb last night? I thought he, I thought he played. Okay. Um, I'm, 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 I'm not as high on CD lamb as I was before. Um, the skill level is great. The skill level is great, but I do worry about his lack of concentration and focus. Um, the smiling after a drop, I'm not a fan of like, go make the play. Like you're now the number one receiver. You're supposed to make that play. And we criticize guys for not making plays in certain moments. And he did, he made the one handed catch at the end, scored the touchdown. Great. But we are now talking about – we talk about C.D. Lamb as, he's, as if he's supposed to be one of those guys like the Jamar Chases, the Justin Jefferson. He's supposed to get into that category, and I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen him take over games, um, beaten, constantly beating man coverage. I need to see more from C.D. Lamb in order for me to put him in that category um, as a, a, a franchise star wide receiver on the outside. But he, he played well enough to, to get the job done. Um, but it should be more about shout out to other guys, to be honest. The tight ends played really well for the most part. Um, and then Noah Brown had some big time catches and big time moments that nobody really um, is going to talk about today. But uh, I thought his, he's always been really good on third downs and short yardage and, and going up and get it in traffic. And I, he's always a great blocker. Um, I think so there's Noah, a connection. Noah Brown is support. I think there's a connection between Noah Brown and, and Cooper Rush that's there. I, I think that that's like two guys that maybe – were um well, I think Noah, I think Noah Brown has been a good receiver. 
Noah Brown has, has had games where, yeah, he's not going to get you 90 yards, but the things that people don't know about Noah Brown are what I like about him. Like he's one of the best wide receiver blocking wide receivers in the NFL, which is why he's had a job on Dallas for, you know, five years. Um, He's very physical. He's very smart football player. He understands concepts and he knows where to be on the field. So despite everything that we look at wide receivers and say they have to do, catch the football, be dynamic, score touchdowns, like Noah Brown does all the little dirty things, the dirty work that nobody wants to give credit for because it doesn't show up in a box score. And that's what I appreciate more so than anything. Um, And then, yeah, you talk about obviously connection when you play on the second team. That's who's yep. throwing you the ball. So, yeah. um, but I think I think he deserves a lot of credit for for last night. He had some big time plays and big time moments, um, and and then the tight ends as well. Yeah. Yeah. And to, to cap off this game. So I messed up last night. I never posted the link to our DFS. So it was you and me against a hundred other people, 98 other people. You <laughs> ended up winning in the DFS court. Like if it was just head to head, you and me, you ended up winning. You and I had pretty much the same team. The difference was CD lamb. Uh, I had Tony Pollard in that spot basically. And you had CD lamb everywhere else. We both had, we had most had, of the same team. I had Brett Maher. And- and I had Noah Brown and Noah Brown had 10 points and Brett Maher had uh, 12. So that really wasn't that big of a difference, but it was, it really came down to you having CD and me not having CD on that team. Um, so that, that, that's that you ended up winning that congratulations. Uh, Merry Christmas. We'll have another DFS play that will feature everybody, uh, all the listeners um, on Thursday night when the Bengals meet the dolphins on Thursday night football, but Hey, Let's get in to some fantasy talk and we'll open it up. I'm not sure if this gentleman is still <laughs> watching the show here, but Noah Bonecutter asks, should I start Leonard Fournette or Javante Williams this week? Leonard Fournette going up against Kansas City Chiefs. Javante Williams going up against I just know that I just know that the Raiders. Javante is going up against the Raiders. Fournette going up against the Chiefs. Oh, this is tough um, because I, I'm concerned about Leonard Fournette and his efficiency with that offensive line right now. Um, and Kansas City just shut down Jonathan Taylor for um, most part of the game. Um, I probably lean Javante this week. Um, I think he gets work out of the backfield. He's a pass catcher as well. Um, Denver's going to run the football. I know that. Um I think Tampa is going to have to throw to keep up with Kansas city. Uh, and I'll, I'll take Javante in this one. It's going to be close. I think they're, I think they're really, really close, but I probably lean Javante. All right. All right. So week three has come and gone. Uh, fantasy in week three has come and gone. Uh, we're going to get into your waiver wire ads in just a few moments, but let's, let's get some reactions uh, from week three uh, in, in the NFL from week three fantasy in the NFL. Uh, what were your takeaways from, from what happened uh, this past week, at least in the fantasy world? Um, yeah, I say this pretty much every week because I, I feel like it's important is like the running back depth. It's just so bad, so bad. Like we get enamored because a guy like Khalil Herbert will go for 30 plus points. But if I told you to start last week that Khalil Herbert, Jamal Williams, Devin Singletary, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Pierce, Five of those, those five guys would be in your top 10. And so this is what I, this is what I want to really make a point. Cause I want to bring up my fantasy rankings. If I would have put those five guys in my fantasy rankings, I would have been destroyed on Sunday. You guys would have right. laughed at me. You'd have been like, you're an idiot. You're not the Mucci. You don't know nothing. 
Correct. But those five guys ended up in the top 10. Correct. And you watch a game like last night, you watch Ezekiel Elliott do, he, he played okay, he played good, got, you know, 14 fantasy points. And then you're like, oh, that's not Zeke, blah, blah. And then you look at it and you're like, that was the number 16 running back. That is a, a, a starter you're putting in there, surefire. You have to start him at, if, at number 16. There's just no running back depth. They don't put up points. Like, overall, they just do not put up points. The number 24 running back this week was Leonard Fournette. RB2 Leonard Fournette. And he had 12 points. Yeah. Like, it's not exciting. So, understand when you're going to to really set your lineup, what you're looking for. Stop looking for 25-point games from your running backs because they're few and far between. Start looking for solid. I know my guy's going to get me 12. I know my guy's going to get me 14, 16. It, that'll get you your RB2s, and then and then hopefully you get one of those guys that break out that week. Um, it's just It's just so bad at the running back position. It's not that they're bad players. It's the way they are used in today's NFL. They're yeah. just not used the same way. And to me, that's the biggest takeaway is you have one of two options now. Now that that no no RB strategy is something people look at, but if you do that, then you're taking flyers every week on running backs. And if your wide receivers have a bad game, a la, I mean Cooper Cup had the rushing touchdown, but a la Jamar Chase, a la uh, Justin Kill. Jeff Justin Jefferson, you are you have zero shot at winning that week. So yeah. um, just understand that. I. I, I you guys laughed at me for this last uh, a couple weeks ago before the season started I should say you guys laughed at me about this one of my like things I'm t- I'm taking into drafts and and noting and and I did it in some leagues and I didn't do it in some leagues because I was still stuck in my ways but I every it, there seems to be a trend between last season and this season with my losing teams i'm owing three in a in an important league with my brother and my dad at espn um and the strategy i had in that was i was okay waiting on a quarterback waiting on a tight end and using that strategy and i know you got like there's there's a certain point where in drafts you like you don't go you don't go quarterback in the second round and this this now like i understand that part but it seems like the the leagues that I drafted highly on a quarterback and a tight end, I'm doing much better in than the leagues that I drafted a quarterback and a tight end later. Like my league with I have Kyler and I have Pat Fryermuth, and Kyler's not a late quarterback and not by any means. Like I drafted him in the middle, somewhere in the middle. But like I'm doing so much better in those leagues that I drafted Lamar and Mark Andrews or Patrick Mahomes and like, uh, and a, and a, uh, Travis Kelsey, like those are the yeah, leagues that's I'm doing because they've in. had good weeks, but, so, but, but, but what, what, what you're not accounting for in that context is you're not accounting for the players that you took in lieu of those guys. So you're not accounting no, because I, the team, you know, because the team you just read off to me earlier, we were talking about it. You took Alvin Kamara. Well, yeah, you're going to be losing. If you took Alvin Kamara, it's not Kyler Murray. That's losing you games. Yeah. Because he's averaging twenty plus fantasy points a week. Yeah, and to, it, and to be, to be fair, Patrick Mahomes also has been struggling in in fantasy this year as well. So like that's that's been a thing. So if I would have, he, he not struggling as in like he's been bad, but he's <laughs> he not had one bad you, week. Yeah, he's not been giving you like the the blow up games like uh like we're we're used to seeing. Patrick Mahomes, let me see what he had this past few weeks. Okay. Yeah, eighteen points this past week, and then seventeen points last week. So he's had one good week. So one good week, 
But what? I'm, but my point being it's is the that quarterback four is the point. What I'm talking about. My my point being is that what I'm learning and my takeaways so far from week three and and earlier on too is that stop overthinking things. If you have a strategy, go with your strategy. Go with what you what you want to go with. Stop trying to outsmart the system. Is what my point is. Let's get into some overreactions. Players that are doing good. Players that are doing bad. People that are losing their mind over. What is some overreactions that you're seeing uh, after week three of fantasy football? Um, like, and this is for the season, or this is just from week three. It, it could be the season. It could be from week three. It's just any type of overreactions that you're seeing that people are like, oh, like freaking out about. Um, you know, I think people have been pretty good about understanding so far. I haven't heard much chatter about like guys that shouldn't be there. I'll, I'll bring up running backs again, just because I think running backs are important. Um, I, let me look at guys at the top of the list. Clyde Edwards, Alaire, um, I'm trying to Jamal Williams. Some of those guys are at the top of the running back charts right now. I don't think people are overreacting to them and maybe they should. So this is a kind of a reverse thing here. Like, I think Jamal Williams has immense trade value in his offense because he is going to be used despite he is very much a guy like a Kareem Hunt. Um, I don't think he gets enough value. So I think the overreaction would be not trusting in some of these guys enough. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he has shown that he's going to be involved and they're, he's, they're finding ways to use him appropriately. Um, so I, I think that's the overreaction I have. I think it's, it's more about people not buying into players and I, myself included. I am always usually the last one to the party. I'll be honest. Guys that don't have a resume, um, I, I, I am reluctant to trust them on a week-to-week basis. But from what I've seen from some of these players, from a Clyde, from a Jamal Williams, like, yeah, they, they those guys should have been drafted and should have been picked up early, and they should be used because they are going to be used in their offenses. The thing that's so hard is trying to understand what these coaches are really thinking. At the end of the day, we don't know what their mindset is, and they do not give a damn about fantasy football. And I don't know if you saw this. Um, I saw it the other day. Miles Sanders was talking, and he basically said, look, man, don't draft me. Like, don't draft me in fantasy football because I'm not it. Like, I'm I'm not getting the carries the way our offense works. We do, like, don't draft me. You're going to end up being disappointed. Do not draft me. They don't care. These the, – Austin Eckler has a podcast show and he wants to, he talks about, he likes fantasy football, but at the end of the day, they don't care whether your fantasy team does good or bad. They are trying their best on the football field to do their best, but these coaches, these schemes, there's so much. Um, So just trust what you're seeing with your eyes. Trust that Cam Akers now has seen the bulk of the carries in two weeks, two weeks in a row. Trust that. Trust that James Robinson is the number one back in Jacksonville. Trust that. Trust that, you know, there's, Oh my God! See, that's why I can't talk to you about Jacksonville. You, every, you, you, you no, no, can't no, help I was, yourself. I, no, 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 no. I know no, no, I was saying a big trust, but yeah, that's what I, I was you got excited that. when I said James Robinson. Well, of course I did. I, of course I got I got excited when you said James Robinson. He's my guy. He's my no, guy. He, He's my guy for the season. That's what it is. That's, that's 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 what it is. But I get what you're saying. I get what you're yeah, saying. Trust. Yeah. So just trust your eyes. Trust just, what you're seeing. Yeah. Don't not you not the over like you don't. It's not that you don't have to overthink it or. Trust what you're seeing, but trust what it is you're actually seeing, not the numbers. Trust the 15 carries. Trust the 20 total touches. 
he has a bad game, he has a bad game. Everybody's going to have a bad game. Um, yeah, that's really – I don't think there's been too many players that people have overreacted about. I haven't seen many trades that have been stupid where Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going as the number one overall player or anything. But, um, like, I trust Saquon Barkley. For everybody that's still like, ah, I don't know. Well, could he get hurt? Sure. Yeah. So could every other player in the NFL. But when he's on the field and he's healthy, he's arguably the best running back in football. He's yeah. proven it before. He's back to proving it again. Uh, trust it. And for me, that's where I have him. I mean, he is the number one back right now. But I, yeah. I have him very high because of that reason. And you're going to trade him to me after this show so we can make we can make some deals happen. Uh, all right. Let me give you some players, some buy or sell players that you're that either had a great week and you think can continue having great weeks or had a bad week and will not continue having a bad week. Or you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Ramondre Stevenson this week, he had 73, 73 rush yards, 28 receiving yards on four receptions. He had 24 points uh, this week in fantasy. He had a good week. You had a good week. Buy or sell that Ramondre Stevenson keeps this up. So he's going to be touchdown dependent, um, as a lot of those kind of guys are. Ezekiel is now. Um, and I don't know that pa- the Patriots score enough touchdowns. Mac Jones is gone. Uh, I doubt that Ramondre Stevenson is catching or getting five targets a game, uh, catching four balls. That's going to diminish his value a little bit. But I think he's touchdown dependent. I am selling Ramondre Stevenson. Um being able to do this continuously. He's a, he's a six to seven point guy on most, on most days. Austin Eckler <clears throat> buy or sell his production lately. You, uh, he had 18 points in week two, 13 points against Jacksonville, 11 points buy. against the Raiders. Bye. I, oh. I think, I think that's a, t- I think that's a, I don't care what Austin Eckler's a buy no matter what. Okay. Um, his, his, receive, his receiving work alone will keep him relevant. Um, as I mentioned, even the 13 points as a, as a floor. Like Christian McCaffrey, same thing with this week. Those guys, their floor is like 13 to 15 points, which is still a, again, a top 20 uh, running back day. Uh, there's no reason to to fade that. I'm, I'm buying. Yeah, th- that's one of the players that I've been seeing a little bit of an overreaction uh, from that. I think that that's a player that you just you you just know and you've seen it before that that's what he's just going to be able to do. People, people uh, just think running backs are supposed to get – 25 points a week like that and that even the top ones don't do that that they're going to have weeks where they're not doing that it, it's it, it our expectations are so crazy in fantasy football uh especially at the running back position it, it's wild Devonte parker um am i buying or selling if i have him i hold him um i am not buying him but i'm also not selling him if that makes sense, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no, holding. it does. It, you don't know what you, you don't know what's coming from this new from whatever changes come with Mac Jones's injury, and also it's been clear as day that he's been the guy on this offense to be to be trusted well, to make some big plays. So I think that that's... I, I I worry. I mean, okay, so there's two kind of thought process there for him. You could sell him after his big week if you think you can get the value. I don't think the value there is the re, the returns there, uh, but I also would not buy him because Jacoby Myers did not play. And I think he is a target monster there uh, for them. And I think that had a lot to do with uh, Devontae's production. So I'm probably just having to hold him and say, hey, hopefully Devontae breaks out and I can I can move on from him later uh, and get a bigger return or he pans out for me. Um, I don't think the value is quite there yet for him. He needs another big week or two before you can sell him for what you want. Mike Williams. 
Um, three points week one, 25 in week two, and then eight in week three against Jacksonville. This is kind of, I feel like this that's is what Mike Williams. Yeah, that's I feel Mike like Williams. this is it. So Mike Williams, if you were a fan of Mike Williams, you're buying. If you hate Mike Williams, you're selling. Like, <laughs> But that's what you're going to get because Mike Williams is going to do that all year long. It's not going to be. All right. All right. Well, that does it for our buy or sell. That does it for our overreactions. Let's get down to business here. Let's get down to business. Your week five, week four, waiver wire must adds. Who you got coming in at number five? I like how you say must adds. Um, number five is not a must add. Number five is a, I don't know where this player is at right now. Um, and that's Hunter Renfro. Um, so it's Matt Collins. Um, the Raiders wide receiver. He had a big day on Sunday. The Raiders have thrown the ball a lot this year. Uh, obviously the attention that Devonte Adams gets, the attention that Darren Waller gets is a big thing. I'm not sure um, what's going on with the Hunter Renfro situation. I know he was concussed and, and all that stuff, but um, I, I, I think Matt Collins, if he is able to get on the field, and say so um not saying this is going to be somebody that we play in deep leagues sometimes we're searching for eight to ten points from a guy um that's somebody that you can add that might be able to get you that on any given week so matt collins your shot your shot pickup like one of your shot pickups that he could end up being being a guy that you're going to be able to have it on your team and, and do some good stuff or he could just fall back when hunter renfro comes back and I think he, he he can make big plays. I think that's what they need in, in Vegas right now is someone who can help make big plays. Uh, but they also need to give the ball more to Josh Jacobs, if I'm being honest. Um, well, <laughs> um, I th- no, I, I, again, I, I agree with you. Um, but Henry, when, when Hunter Renfro misses time, there's got to be somebody else that steps up, right? Um, and, and I get it. This is not probably a long-term play or anything like that. And I do think that it's, it is a shot in the dark, if you want to say that. But yeah. He's play. He plays a lot. Like he, he does. He plays a lot, and he hasn't had less than. You know, he had two points week one, but he, so he's played eighty eight percent, eighty seven percent, and ninety seven percent of the snaps through three weeks. He's on the field. If you're on the field in a good offense with weapons around you, you have a chance to make plays. Um, right now he's averaging uh, what sixteen points? No, sorry. math 14 point about 14 points a game um that's usable somewhere especially if you're in a deeper league so the context of your league matters if you are in a deep league and you're looking for points uh matt collins could be a play yep i agree number four who you got uh number four it's your boy uh zay jones i actually have him on a lot of teams uh i've been a fan um i thought that jacksonville would throw the ball a lot more this year just because of the offense and Doug Peterson. And so far through three weeks, he's very similar to the, to the Matt Collins. He's had a decent week, a not so good week, and then a great week. And, um, but I really liked the target volume he's getting. He's got 24 targets through three weeks. Um, that's if you give me Zay Jones getting eight targets a game, uh, that's going to be pretty productive from a, from a fantasy standpoint on a guy that was undrafted, a guy that's sitting on your waiver wire, barely owned in 14% of leagues. And Trevor Lawrence is looking to be more developed in 2022 than he was in 2021. And Zay Jones has shown explosiveness throughout his career, um, despite what people may think about him. He does, that have, he does have that explosiveness. 
Um, Zay Jones is somebody I think could be a fantasy value um, throughout throughout this season. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I I do enjoy his his touchdown celebrations that he did against the Chargers. He had the Sean Merriman uh, touchdown celebration and the, the Ladamian Tomlinson celebration as well during this game, uh, which is great. It's fantastic. Um, but no, I, I I like this pick. This this would you say this is another shot shot in the dark type of play? Like that's that's what you're getting here. Because I feel like when we get later on in your list, there's a few players that are not necessarily shot in the dark. So those are I think, guys that you I can think bring Zay in. Jones. I think Zay Jones has sustained value. I don't think this is a shot in the dark. Okay. I think he's the number two wide receiver on that football team. And I think that they pass and they're going to throw the ball. Um, whether they're the behind, whether they're, it's the offense, uh, um, especially when bye weeks come and you got your stars on bye weeks and you need somebody. He might just be a bench player that you throw in there certain weeks, but I definitely think he should be on rosters. Yep, I agree. No, I'm, I'm on, but he's on your roster. I know you, you drafted yes. Zay Jones. Uh, yes, I think and I should be playing him because my wide receivers are straight boo boo right now when it comes down <laughs> to old, old ass Allen Robinson, sorry ass Adam Thielen, Jarvis Landry's old ass. Hey, let's yeah. make a deal. Let's make a deal. I got some wide receivers for you. I got some wide receivers for you. Let's make a deal. Uh, all right. You know, do you really? I don't or, have any. Or, I don't or, have any. Or, or, te- or is your team fool's gold so far? So far, they have been fool's gold, but I'm riding. I was 0-4 to start last season. I'm just happy not to start 0-4. Yeah, you have okay. to. Yeah, you have yeah. to. I'm just happy. I'm riding this wave, okay? I'm riding this wave until I come crashing down. Number four <laughs> or number three on your list, who you got? Yeah, uh, I forgot. Um, no, number three on my list is Samaj P. Ryan. Um, this is more of a precaution. Uh, I don't think he has much value if Joe Mixon plays, um, if Joe Mixon is healthy. Uh, he's more of a handcuff. But if he's playing and he's in the game, uh, Samaj P. Ryan is somebody that I, I like. He's going to get most of the work when Joe Mixon's out. He also does things in the passing game. Uh, he's been a factor before. It's not the first time that he's had to come in and fill in for, for Joe Mixon or, or for a backfield. So I think him um, being in that backfield, we obviously know how I feel about running backs. I think they're important. Um, go look at the waiver wire and try to find yourself a running back if one of your guys gets hurt or a backup if one of your guys is not playing well, you need to fill in. They're not there. You're, you're really throwing darts. And I think this is a dart you can throw and hope that, um, or if that if Joe Mixon doesn't play, this is the guy that's going to get the work. And he'll still see the field if Joe Mixon's on the field. Um, obviously, he's not going to get the touches, but um, you never know. He turns into touchdown dependent, but I mean, he he does get the work. It seemed like this was the same thing last year with Samaj P. Ryan. Like in both years, it's like, He's not he's not like rosterable at like certain points, but then he was like, oh, he's finding the end zone. He's still getting like he's still getting the red zone touches and 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 touchdowns, and that's what he gets. Like that's what he he is a part of this offense. He is a factor. I think he's Alexander Madison. I agree. I have no problem. I have no problem with that. No problem at all. To me, yeah. I've I've always liked Samaj P. Ryan. I've always had a, a soft spot in my heart for him because I think he's always involved in some way shape or form he is go he is involved in this Bengals offense and i am all aboard that addition number two who you got yeah number two um again this is more towards you i guess romeo dubs so with sammy watkins on ir dobbs is gonna have to play a lot more um and, and you know what's really what's really sad is for christian watson is you could ruin your opportunity to be a big time player in this league because you're hurt and it sucks, but it's, it's life. 
this, I believe, should be Christian Watson's role. Uh, but Romeo Dubs, Romeo Dobbs, I can say his name right, uh, has taken advantage of his opportunity both in preseason and now in the regular season. And despite our disagreements about whether it was a great game or he's excellent or he's the next man up and he's going to be a great superstar, um, none of that matters because at the end of the day, he's taking advantage of his opportunity. And in the NFL, that is all it's about. He literally could be the next Devontae Adams because he's taking advantage of building that relationship with Aaron Rodgers and that trust. If Aaron Rodgers goes to you and you make plays and he you develop that trust – he's going to come back to you. And I think that's, um, it's why you see Randall Cobb on the field. It's why, you know, he likes Alan Lazard. It's because he trusts them. So uh, this is big for, for Romeo Dobbs. And I think it's huge for Christian Watson as well um, to gain that trust early for Aaron Rodgers. And I think he's done that. And I think you're going to see Dobbs on the field a lot more. And he's going to have, he's going to have good weeks. He's going to play really, really well um, because Aaron Rodgers and him are, are look to be on the same page faster than any other of those young, young wide receivers. So um, Sammy Watkins hurt, obviously helped him get thrusted in there. Christian Watson helped get thrusted in there, but take advantage of your opportunities. And I think this is the guy, if you did not draft him in redraft um, as you, I don't know. I think he should have been drafted in a redraft, but just because of the uncertainty around the position um, oh, wait, and the preseason. Yeah. But if there was no drafting him in redraft and he's out there on your waiver wire, put in a claim tonight, I'll be honest. I'm using, a heavy fab budget on him um, if you have it and uh, get him on your team. Cause I think he has a role for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, I, I you said it, you started off saying, talking about how high I was on him before. And you, you mentioned it. It's if you get into a rhythm with Aaron Rodgers and you can, he can trust you and eight targets, eight receptions. That's, that's you like, like the stat may not be huge of oh, only eight receptions, but the fact that it was, Eight targets, eight receptions, consistency, trusting in a eight targets receiver. is great. Eight yeah, targets is great. I think I think it's I think he is going to be I said at the beginning of the season, I think he's gonna end up being the number one receiver on this team. Although we think so, we have talked about Aaron Jones possibly being the number one pass catcher on this team. Yeah, they're not using they're not using him um, Aaron Jones like I thought they would. So they must have some sort of trust in in the receivers because yeah. Aaron Jones has not been used in the past game like I thought he would. Um he's still used, but not the way I yeah. I, I anticipated. But I want to say one more thing about Romeo Dobbs. If you have him in Dynasty. Let him have a couple more games and then trade him. I, I, I firmly believe that. There is no answer after Aaron Rodgers leaves. And Aaron Rodgers is not going to play more than one, maybe two seasons. Um, use the inflated Romeo Dobbs value this year. Or you keep him for this year and then you move him in the offseason. But he's going to retire um, value against you. My recommendation is if you have Romeo Dobbs, inflate his value for three to four weeks if you can get that and then move on from him in dynasty and that's exactly what i'll be trying to do with mine and i have him in almost all my dynasty leagues what i don't know what, what do you mean you don't know what, i don't know you, if i have a, i don't know if i have the heart question. to do that i don't know if let i have the you, heart to do let it let me ask you this question jordan love comes in are you now trusting romeo dobbs to be some top asset no, uh, maybe not, not top ass. I do think he has the talent to do, to be a top guy, no matter what quarterback he has. I think that's what, what, what it is. I know we haven't seen it, but I, I like, we haven't seen him be a, with, with a non-top guy, but I, I don't, I, I'd be, 
tempted to say, let me see it first before I, I then you lose all your late. value. Then it'd be too late. I get it. I get it. If, but if, I don't. if somebody said right now, if, if, if you were like in dynasty, you could trade Romeo Dobbs for, um, I'm trying to think of somebody that's, uh, who's a running back or somebody. I'm trying to th- <sighs> Alvin cook. No, um, come on. Now, that's just stupid. Nobody's going to trade Dalvin cook for Romeo Dobbs. Uh, I'm just, let me, let me, let me Jay, we're gonna Robinson. Do, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do this my way. <laughs> Yo, okay. We're doing this your way here. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're going to do this. My All way. right. Somebody said right now, Romeo Dobbs for da, 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 da. Romeo Dobbs <laughs> is the number 22 player. Oh, that was for week three. I was like, I was like, Whew. Oh, I don't want week three. Goodness. I hate sleeper. Figure it out. Figure it out. And then we'll get to the last one. If somebody yeah. said Romeo Dobbs for why is nobody coming up? Yeah, what are you doing over here? You are bad oh, at this quick up. game thing. Shut up, shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up. Romeo Dobbs or Drake London? Romeo Dobbs or God, nobody's good in this league. Um, <laughs> Romeo Dobbs or Cortland Sutton, Romeo Dobbs or God, there are some shitty guys at the top of this fantasy leaderboard or Deontay Johnson, Romeo Dobbs or I'm trying to find running backs. Running backs suck in the NFL, man. Yeah. Yeah. Romeo Dobbs or Brees Hall, Romeo Dobbs or Javante, Romeo Dobbs or T Higgins, Romeo Dobbs or any of these guys. Who are you taking? Well, I mean, you you, the, you play this game really wrong. You threw like 17 names at me. I all gotta, those names. I'm basically naming all the names of guys that you could possibly, if any, you could get any I, of those I guys. Think I, would, I think I would take, I think I would take Deontay Johnson over him. I would take Brees, or not, I would take Javante Williams over him. The answer is every take, single one of those players should be. Not everyone, not every else. single one of those players. That I don't know. I'd have a hard time with. You, you, this is where you lose right here. I like lose. Drake London a lot. I think he's the wide receiver one on that team, no doubt about it. But also, you have the the quarterback concern there as, as well. But but you've seen know. him with that quarterback already. You also might see a a coaching change in the future with them. I don't I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what happens? The stability in Atlanta. You don't know the stability in Atlanta. I think you're I think you're highly overreacting to Romeo Dobbs. Well, there's your overreaction for for fantasy football week three. There you go. Who's number one on your waiver wire ads? Uh, number one, and this might be a short-term play because David Montgomery, they said, is day-to-day and he, he looks good. Um, who knows if he even plays, but it's Khalil Herbert. Um, but again, it's a running back, and you've seen what he's capable of doing when he has the starting job. So uh, the Bears, if there's anything that they can do that they've been doing well this year, it's run the football. They, they've proven it. This guy can do it. He's electric. Um, he, he he's he's good, but uh, he doesn't really. He's very similar to some of those other guys we mentioned. He's not going to give you enough when David Montgomery is fully healthy. So he's more like an Alexander Madison. But if David Montgomery is out for any extended period of time, Khalil Herbert can slide in there as an uh, RB two and um, and be good. You're on mute, sir. You're. This is why you are fine. Honestly, I have been. I've been trying to be so cognizant of my clicking of my mouse uh, because our beautiful audio engineer AJ Johnson uh, has notified me that I click a lot. So I'm trying not to click. So I'm muting myself 
on frequent. Why do? What are you clicking on? Why don't you just get with? Buddy, you you have no idea what goes on behind the scenes of my computer. Like I am doing. Yeah, I, I don't understand what do you. I don't understand why you're doing those things. Just that's just movements. Lots of. Movements. Why can't you just wait until after the show? Well, there's graphics that have to be pulled up. There's video that has to be pulled up. You know, I'm I'm always. I didn't have those those Romeo Dobbs full screens or Zay Jones full screens loaded up until you said something. This shit is always moving. It's always moving but behind the. Scenes. You didn't bring you didn't bring up anything after that though. You brought up the graphic. And then you clicked off the graphic and then you're now, and then you start talking. What are you, what are you muted for? Well, I always like to mute myself now. Just, it's just a habit now. It's get so a quiet mic or get a quiet clicker. I, can't. I have a mouse. I have a mouse too. And mine doesn't click. Yeah, I click. I'm a clicker. I'm a big clicker. I'm a big clicker. That's what I do. You, you leave, you freeze, you do all that stuff. I click. That's what we do on the show. Terrible audio for AJ Johnson to edit. Who cares? We aren't an audio show. Oh, you're the worst. You're the worst. Uh, all right. So there's your waiver wire ads for week three. Matt Collins, Zay Jones, Samaj P. Ryan, Romeo Dobbs, a.k.a. Romeo Dobbs. And number one, Khalil Herbert, get your waiver claims in now. Get your guys go out and win you a fantasy championship and say the Sac City did it for you. They helped you because that's what we want to hear. That is what we want to hear. We'll be back again for another fantasy show live at 11 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday. We do pigskins and pancakes. You start your morning off right. That Sunday show might be different. We'll talk about it. Sunday. We have the Falcons game this week. I think we'll pre-record Sunday, maybe not so live at 11 a.m. Eastern time on uh, at, at, on YouTube. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow for our power ranking show, which has been highly anticipated after talking about the stock report yesterday. Uh, it's it's lots of changes coming in to the week four power rankings here at the Saxony podcast. That's live at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on YouTube, as well as a preview of Thursday night football between the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. But until then, for my best friend, Aaron Mukes, I am me. We will see you tomorrow. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the Sac City Podcast. You made it this far, so you must have liked that show. If you did, go ahead and think of two people you can share this episode with. We can never have too many people in the city. So don't forget to hit that follow button. Sac City. Population. One more. <laughs>